And the cool thing about community care and talking about this is truly like we are all healers in this respect. We all have potential to heal each other just through connection. I know a lot of you listening to this are healers or are studying to be a healer. And I'm, oh my God, of course, I love everything. I love like energy work and craniosacral healing. And I love family constellations and hypnotherapy and um, EFT, EMDR. Oh my God, it's so many amazing tools. But just being who you are and just witnessing another person and seeing the humanity in them and reaching out. And this could be even just something like, smiling at someone on the subway or engaging in a point of connection with someone who's checking you out at Rite Aid, this is a moment you get to be a healer. And this is a time when deep healing is needed. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Rx Radio. I'm your host. I'm your girl. I'm your high vibe, hype woman, spiritual bestie, and cosmic consultant, Maddie Murphy. And today we have another solo episode, just me, myself, and I talking about some of our cosmic coaching principles, sharing some tools and techniques that I believe we can use to live a more whole aligned, happy, healthy life using the zodiac wheel. So if you're new here, welcome. We're going to be talking about the healing power of community care and why it's so important. We all know we've heard so much about self-care and why it's so important, but self-care without community care, it's just an incomplete. It's missing something, as I'm sure maybe you can even relate to if you, if you felt that before. So I'm going to talk about that you know, why is it important? How did we get here to this place of uh, really needing to make community care probably one of our top biggest priorities as individuals and as a collective for the next few years? And, you know, the healing powers of it, the benefits of it, and just some tips of how you can begin to incorporate community care into your own lifestyle. Also, I wanted to say before I get in the episode, just an announcement. I do these solo coaching episodes, but if you're listening to this and you're like an expert in a field, or this is what you do, you've committed your whole life to it, you know, you've written a book or you've studied it or you teach it, please reach out to me. I would love to have you on the podcast season two so we can go deeper and wider, add some depth and texture to these subjects. Anyway, that was just something I was thinking. Let's talk about community care. Now, this may be something that you've thought about a lot or maybe something that you have never thought of. You know, it's always been important. Our social health, our connections, our community, is it's vital to us, right? We know it's the third level of good old Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I won't get into it. I think Maslow is a little problematic, but we won't talk about it now. This third level of hierarchy of needs is a sense of belonging and love. And I remember studying this 
in high school, in health class, we went over Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I remember that just striking such a chord deep inside of me, the word belonging. I was like, oh yeah, right? Like we have a psychological need for intimate relationships. And for many of us, we, we depend on those relationships to help meet our other needs, physiological, emotional, so great. So it's our core need and it's always been important. But I think now uh, we've all been reevaluating what that means to us. What does community mean to us? What does connection mean to us? How much we value it? And in the especially being in this whole global panini for the last two years, it's really brought this concept like whoop up to the surface, really brought it up to our consciousness. And I think it's something that's at either the forefront of a lot of people's thoughts or when the conversation comes up, people realize like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like having some big ahas, having some big downloads around the importance of this. And, you know, if you're asking like the title of this episode is community care, what is community care? What does that mean? We know what self-care is. I think we've all been caught up to date on that. But, you know, community care really recognizes um, it's an action or actions that are intended to help another person or group of people. It's also this kind of care consists of interpersonal acts of kindness and compassion. This could be anything from reaching out to a friend to see how they are, sending a gratitude message to a coworker, or of course, community care goes all the way up and can be larger scale acts like protesting to better the lives of others who don't have the same you know, shared experiences or identities as yourself, up to mutual aid groups, and really thinking about ourselves as as a collective. And of course, community care can take uh, structured forms like community-based nonprofits, support groups, communal homes, activism groups, and so on. And I know that, you know, there are people who dedicate their lives to being community organizers and advocates And that's really beautiful, but I also want to invite you, if you're new to this concept, that there's also some really just even more basic, more fundamental ways we can start thinking about community care in our own lives and just, again, beginning to bring it into your consciousness, into your awareness, is how we can really begin to shift our society. Because I'm going to talk about our society is sort of deeply ingrained to um, not make community care a priority, and that's kind of what's landed us in this little bit of a sticky mess. But truly, community care is so important because it really recognizes that we all don't have equal access to time and money, which are the main resources required for care, and reminds us that we as human beings are interdependent. And from a spiritual standpoint, I think community care is a great reminder that we are all connected. You know, unity consciousness. This is in honor of Aquarius season, this coaching. If you're not listening to it in Aquarius season, it's still applicable, especially it's applicable to understand the planets or parts of your chart that have Aquarius. And everyone has it in your chart no matter what. It's a fundamental need. It's one of the, you know, 12 signs of the zodiac. And it's very much focused around community and authenticity and progress. So it's a a big part of us, but it's also very, I'm going to talk about some things that are going to sound a little bit more Piscean and that's the next sign in the Zodiac, but the Aquarius energy of community care leads us into the feeling of unity consciousness that we strive for under the Pisces influence. But remembering community care 
it's remembering the importance of like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, lifts all ships. It's like when we're all doing well and taking care of each other, our society actually functions better. We feel better. And actually, you know, if I think hurting you or withholding something from you is going to make me feel better, I'm actually going to be sorely mistaken. And, you know, I think now more than ever, we have to remember the importance of community care, right? The importance of doing things for the greater good of the collective, or at the very least, just remembering that no matter who we are, no matter what our status is in life, we need human connection. We need to give and receive love. We need to feel just like, okay, we're not alone in this, and we need to belong. And although this is really in the consciousness now, personally, like I've been thinking about this, like I said, since high school, then I really thought about it after college. And I think my whole life, I've been on a quest of belonging. I came from a really big family and that was always kind of my crew. They were my my clan, they're my people. Um, and then in terms of friends, I definitely would have like in high school, I had m- amazing my two best friends. Uh, but in terms of groups, I always felt like I kind of like floated around, you know, from group to group. Or I think that one thing I want to talk about today is that in order to find like-minded community, you really need to own your most authentic self and you need to be very clear on your values. And I think I actually kind of was in high school, but I'll tell you where I got off track was college. Oh my college. I just think I lost myself. I got lost in the sauce. I just didn't feel like I belonged where I went. It wasn't really forming those kind of connections with people. And I think I was just trying to force myself to be someone different than I really was. And when that happens, we tend to form, I would say, really inauthentic connections, right? Fake connections. And so I can really track this wound of community. I remember even like this summer, the whole Alabama rush thing came out on TikTok. And I had like a memory unlocked of like, oh my God, I remember like kind of trying to like rush a sorority in college. Cause I was like, I guess like that's your people to hang out with. And like, that's your crew, that's your community. But I was like, I don't get it. Like pain to have friends. That also feels really weird. And no hate, no shade to anyone who is in you know Greek life, but I was like, so not into it. And then I was like, okay, kind of going along with the process. And then I wanted to go to my friend's sorority. And then some girl like blacklisted me because of kind of drama. I was dating like her boyfriend's best friend and she didn't like me. And I remember being like, I hate this. I hate like this feeling of like trying to fit in or be in the cool crew. That was something never, never really felt like that. The only times in my life where I felt cool is where like, I just didn't give a fuck and I was being, you know, a weirdo and give up on all like trying to be that way. So in college, I, I definitely failed. I, I think I was trying to be like cool or fake in certain ways and I wasn't being myself and it really set me up. It gave me this like, it gave me a wound for sure. I didn't know myself. I didn't know my worth. I didn't know my values. Lots of pain, lots of confusion. And then on the flip side, you know, as I went through life and as I kind of navigated specifically like going through my Saturn return, it was like a deep cleansing of that um, and a breaking of the bone and a resetting, if you will, in terms of especially like my friend groups and who I was. And the universe was kind of like, have a time out, be alone for a while, 
and you're going to like build this whole thing from scratch. And I can really look back in my life and think about the times when I found like-minded community, like I said, just value aligned friends who we were going a little deeper below like the surface with who saw me, who, you know, witnessed me, who held space for me. And I was able to do the same for them in return. The times when I formed these communities are like the pivotal moments in my life that I can remember crystallizing, like something in me, you know, going through a metamorphosis, a shift and integration. Cause I think community care kind of helps you also really integrate and activate the inner work that you do. Like, I think we do our self-care work, but then it's really cool to see your self-care work and your growth modeled and mirrored back to you through another person or to be able to be like, wow, I'm attracting people at a whole different level or we're talking about different things or, you know, I used to have friends and we just like gossiped and watched like Bachelor and nothing wrong with that. But our, our foundation wasn't built on anything really cool or deep, but now I've done all this work on myself and I'm finding friends who, yeah, want to talk about bigger things and who want to get deep and talk about emotions and dreams and, you know, worries and fears and big visions for their lives. And it's, it's like, wow, this is so much deeper. This feels so much more nourishing. So yeah, the times in my life, I moved up to Montauk to start a business and probably like the, the biggest blessing out of being there um, had nothing to do with the business. It had everything to do with forming a community of like, it was my first time that I ever feel like I was in a community of like women who were really committed to supporting each other. And we started doing like women's circles, goddess circles, moon circles, really didn't know what we were doing, just intuitive. It's like remembering, but we noticed that like the magic that happened when we gathered and how good we all felt. And that's just like, oh, there's something to this. And this was in like 2014. And I was like, this, this is good. This is, this is something's here. And that was like a really big shift in my life. And then the next big shift in my community and my connections, 2017, I went to go do a shamanic medicine program and the friends I met there, oh my goodness, they are just like soul family. It was so cool to watch people who just wanted to heal themselves and free themselves so that they could hold space for other people to do that. And yeah, we're weirdos. Like we all gathered and went to the school and we're, you know, talking about, you know, going on vision, we're envisioning and we're talking to spirits and we're pulling cards and we're licking crystals and we're doing like so many things that like any other normal muggle person would be like, I, are you like, you're unwell, but it was so cool to be in the space. And again, talk about your dreams, talk about the things that, that you fear that, and just have someone hold space for all of that. And in this crew, that was a big crystallizing moment. And then, of course, where we're at now, we formed our online community, our cosmic community. We formed it in 2019, but it really, I feel like, took off in 2020. And the past two years of growing this community has been so nourishing um, through our Cosmic Fit Club and through our master classes and through teaching and through this now this podcast. You all give me so much life. So you really do. And um, it's been so, so nourishing. I keep using that word, but that's what good community feels like. It's just like, oh, all right. Like I'm not alone. Even just to hear someone share something and experience and be like, I've been through that too. Oh my God. I thought I was alone. I thought I did something wrong in life. I thought I was like insane. Like, I can't believe, oh, you, you feel that way too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. 
and it's that feeling of belonging. So community care, very important to me. And then I started to realize that outside of myself, seeing, you know, things that are going on in our society, things that were happening at the collective level, being like, man, we gotta, we gotta take care of each other. Gotta do something about this. And, you know, it really started for me, it was like 2016, 2017, we started to see obviously the rise of new people taking action more politically, talking about more equity and more inclusivity. And I was just like, yeah, like I gotta like use my privilege. I gotta use like who I am to like advocate for others. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And then another level of the importance of community was really like glaringly thrown at me when I remember reading that a former Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, not to be confused with Murphy, said that there was a loneliness epidemic. And he called it that an epidemic because it affected a larger amount of people in our country. And that it also like loneliness is sort of contagious. It has an impact on another person. And I was like, whoa. And then my, my dear friend, Colin Bedell of Queer Cosmos, actually used the loneliness epidemic as the launching pad for a lot of his work. And, the, you know, he really aims to to heal and, and correct and create awareness for this um, through his work, especially through the LGBTQ community. His book, Queer Cosmos, is amazing. Check it out. But, you know, back to Dr. Murthy, he really talks about loneliness as a public health crisis. And he talked to that a lot of it had to do with the workplace, that work was partly to blame. He was talking to and wanted to address employers and businesses, uh, corporations about like the way we treat work. It's, you know, we work too much. It's the primary place where we put so much of our time. And then the actual setup of work is just exacerbating that. And he said, our social connections are in fact largely influenced by the institutions and settings where we spend the majority of our time. And this, you know, primarily includes the workplace. And so he was trying to address that and, and, and healing that from the inside out. And then of course, flash forward to where we're at now in 2021, the Surgeon General said again, like, no, now there's an urgency that Americans must address the loneliness epidemic. We know, you know, quarantine, covid just put us all in a place where we were isolated. Even if you weren't a very social person, you still had you know, certain interactions, a barista, a cashier, um, someone on the street. And we all went to realizing like, whoa, we're not around people at all. And then even as the world started to open up again, you know, things were, are weird. They're not totally back to normal. And also maybe, you know, even people like myself, like you kind of got used to working from home. So now you're working at home more or it's harder to travel, see people. And you know, we're in Saturn and Aquarius and, and Saturn is restriction. Aquarius is, you know, our friend groups and communities. So it makes sense that, you know, we're in that until March, 2023. And that's kind of one of our collective energies right now. So it all makes sense astrologically, but, you know, and on top of that, there was a lot of like issues that just were hard on people during the pandemic, loss, grief, really having tough conversations with people about racial injustice, xenophobia, you know, arguing with people about wearing a mask, like just there, there's things that are really hard on us. And being alone during all of that had an extreme effect on people's mental health. And the loneliness um, in this country really linked to not only like depression and anxiety, but it can be linked to even shorter lifespans. 
dementia, sleep disturbances, many conditions. And so I'm not saying all of this to depress us, but Dr. Murthy said it's our relationships with others that have the power to heal. And he said that everyone has a different response when things get hard, trauma. Some people reach out and other people go in and isolate. So thinking about, you know, one thing I'm going to talk about is just the importance of reaching out, reaching out to people you love, reaching out when you need help. And the cool thing about community care and talking about this is truly like we are all healers in this respect. We all have potential to heal each other just through connection. Like I love, I know a lot of you listening to this are healers or are studying to be a healer. And I'm, oh my God, of course I love everything. I love like energy work and craniosacral healing and I love family constellations and hypnotherapy and um, EFT, EMDR. Oh my goodness, so many amazing tools. But just being who you are and just witnessing another person and seeing the humanity in them and reaching out. And this could be even just something like smiling at someone on the subway or engaging in a point of connection with someone who's checking you out at Rite Aid. This is a moment you get to be a healer. And this is a time when deep healing is needed. So I really invite us through this community care exercise to, you know, have us all look at ourselves as agents of this healing power that we really need in our society right now. Okay. So loneliness epidemic, it goes deep, it goes wide, you know, there's an urgency to it now. And I think these past two years have really made me think about community care in a different in a few different ways and why it's so important. The great conjunction that happened at the end of 2020, early 2021, Saturn and Jupiter came together in Aquarius, starting a new 20-year cycle, but even a larger 200-year cycle was essentially a great reset, a great shift, a great mutation into a new astrological era. And one of the founding, you know, foundational elements of that, the dawn of this new era we're in, is really hinged on for the next 20 years to really care for each other, to think about the we and not just the me. And that's going to be integral to our growth. And anybody who doesn't get that or like live it, embody it, aim for that, I just feel like you're in for, oh, you're in for some not so good stuff, my friend. So even if you don't want to do it, you don't want to be a healer, you don't care about the community care, just do it for yourself because it's where the tide is going. It's where the karmic, cosmic waves of energy are taking us because there's always like a, a course correction, I believe, with astrology of like, um, especially when Jupiter's involved in Saturn. I was just talking to one of my friends who's an astrologer. Like Jupiter is a lot about justice and Saturn is a lot about like rules and regulations and boundaries. And there's a certain thing that happened during that great conjunction that happened on that winter solstice. And that was December 21st, 2020. It's like, hey, out with the old and with the new, we got to care for each other. And I think one of the things that was really being course corrected is this thing that I just want to bring up because I love giving something a word, a name, a label. It helps me understand that concept, helps me research it. It helps me just like name it. And the thing that we're really course correcting in our society, in addition to like general loneliness, all of that, there's like a deeper issue, like an ideological issue. And I'm going to call that like toxic, hyper rugged individualism. 
what is this, right? This is part of how we got here. So I really started thinking about this concept a lot over COVID, watching people have freaking meltdowns, right? Like in supermarkets and restaurants and Trader Joe's, people like screaming at people that they you know, they don't want to wear a mask. And this is you know, all the way up to protests and people saying, this is challenging my freedom. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized that like, People are saying they'd rather die from the coronavirus, from COVID, than wear a mask. Or I'm healthy. I have a perfect immune system. I'm young. And I was like, oh, you don't care about like the group. Like there are people who are not healthy or immunocompromised or just maybe even like can't take the time to be sick. They're providing for their family. And like, you just don't care. Also, it's a pandemic. Like we got to slow the spread. We got to like do some things to, you know, like make sure we're not here forever. And then, of course, when the vaccines came out, this conversation was ignited to the next level. And just people who I used to follow, very, I don't know why I even followed them, just found them. Oh, okay, this guy is selling like mushroom powder online. I'll follow him in like 2019. And then flash forward to 2020, he's like on Instagram Live, just talking about how, you know, like if people would just be healthy, they wouldn't have COVID. And they just treated their bodies well. And if they, you know, worked out and drank Kangol water or whatever that stuff's called and, and took their supplements and I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, yeah, that works for you, bro. Cause one, like you're just, you're healthy, you're jacked. Also like you live in LA and I'm guessing you have some kind of crazy, like disposable income from something or other, you know, your work in finance, you work hard, you sell crypto, you've got your parents' money. I don't know where it came from, but you have like a Tesla and you're, you know, have a pantry of probably like a couple G's worth of supplements and superfoods. And that's when I really like found this concept of rugged individualism. And this is something our country is based on, unfortunately. It's sort of like when our country was founded, it's very much tied to like our cultural legacy in the United States, especially like manifest destiny and the settlement of the West and like coming to America and like this whole myth of like the up by the bootstrap pioneer who, you know, helped tame the uninhabited West and the sharpshooters like Oregon Trail, all in the name of the United States, the American dream. And then this just started like being perpetuated even more with obviously like immigrant culture. And we see this like you know, people coming to Ellis Island, building their lives for themselves here. And, you know, I'm not saying it's easy, but then it was a different time. Like there used to be a certain also like mobility in this country. That's why people came here. You can come here with not a lot and build something for yourself. And that's just not really, first of all, the truth anymore. And also it's not really fair to compare different like older circumstances. Like, you know, you hear people like, why can't someone pull themselves up by their bootstraps? I did it. And it's like, well, did you, or were you born with a little bit of a social safety net or through your family? And also like, that's not what our society should be about. It should not be about this, like every person for themselves and going after things. And unfortunately, we see this mythos of individualism in every aspect of a life. It's infused not only our politics, our culture, it's even infused like a lot of religion and spirituality is unfortunately based on this. And this is where my stomach turned over. Like I told you, I've been interested in community care, interested in this concept for a few years. But when I realized how much of toxic spirituality and like concepts like spiritual bypassing, 
and just all sorts of irresponsible spiritual leadership and practices and ideologies can feed into this, I felt like sick to my stomach. Meaning like a lot of spirituality, a lot of teachers talk about, you know, like I did this, so can you. I you know, manifested a six-figure business, so should you. Like I did this all on my own. I don't need anybody. I did this all from the power within. And of course, a lot of those as a concept, you could take a part of it. Yes, there's truth in that. Yes, there's inspiration. But it has to be something bigger. You know, when we started Cosmic Rx, we used to call it Sacred Space Revolution was the first name. And I love this concept of sacred space of like the three things I wanted to really teach people and talk about was creating space for yourself, like a space to be quiet, space to tune in, just space to figure out who you are. And then like two, like I wanted to help people take up space and be seen and, you know, live their most authentic lives and go after their dreams. But I realized like the really important third concept was like to hold space for others because your spirituality isn't just like a video game. Like I'm getting all the tokens, getting all the coins, win, 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 win. I have all the stuff and I have all the enlightenment and all the abundance and all the like perfect shiny Instagram curated feeds. Peace out. I won this game of being a human. It's like, no, true spirituality is about like liberating yourself, healing and liberating yourself so you can hold clear and unencumbered space for the healing and liberation of others. And I always talked about my manifestation course, like we want to manifest from a place of you know, for the greater good and how can we help others. But even like, even though I knew all that, when I started to really see this concept of toxic, hyper rugged individualism and how pervasive it was in so many like teachings and very, it's very pervasive in like fundamental Christianity and like, again, so much of our US and our culture in the United States, I was like, all right, this community care, there's an urgency here. There's an urgency because we also have to do a lot of like deprogramming of ourselves. Moving towards this concept of community care, I think is so important on the individual level, but so you know, huge. And I hope we can begin to have a ripple effect out and you know how we act and how we spend our money and how we vote to just show like, you know, more of a generosity in our in our social policies and less of a concept that like, yeah, we all have to be out for ourselves and that it's only us and that everyone should be able to like, you know, this this whole the pull you up by your bootstraps thing, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I just like never really want to hear that or talk about that again, especially where we're at now coming out of this pandemic. I'm like, the bootstraps are gone. They've been ripped off, gnawed off, burned off. They are gone. They are obsolete. So all of this, we talked about our core needing for belonging, the loneliness pandemic, hyper rugged, toxic individualism. But now let's talk about the positive, the side that what is, you know, what are the healing powers of community? It goes so deep. It's so, it's so magical. It's, it, it's a healing power. So I said, you're a healing agent when you get to live in this place of like centering community care. One, community is um, how we really begin to know ourselves, how we can get in touch with ourselves and in a much deeper way through conversation, through connection. And connection is like the opposite of loneliness. Connection is when we feel, oh yeah, we're having that moment. We're seeing someone, they're seeing us, we're vibing. We're just realizing like, oh, just sharing a good laugh or sharing a good cry together. Just that power alone of that connection is like, 
the opposite. It's like a healing antidote to loneliness. And the health benefits really go even beyond that. There's very real physical and mental health benefits. I found a study from Healthline that was published, talks about decreasing hypertension, like people who volunteer, people who do things in their community, decrease the risk of hypertension by 40%. So that's cool. Talks about altruistic behavior, makes us feel good. Community care promotes positive behavior in teens and adolescents. And they have a, you know, this is more for like volunteering. They've got teens who volunteer regularly, have a stronger sense of health and often better grades. Community care instills purpose and purpose increases fulfillment. But definitely the thing that I want to talk about is you know, community care and mental health. We started off this podcast with saying like, we don't just need self-care, right? Like self-care has been <laughs> a huge topic of conversation. And as it should be, we like do need to care for ourselves and we do need to show up you know, in order to show up for others. We do have to take care of ourselves and show up for ourselves. But unfortunately, like there can be this disconnect, you know, like self-care could not incorporate community care or self-care has been a little bit commodified by businesses or some self-care has just been a little bit tipped over into being a little bit like indulgent or self-serving. Like we still need to care for other people. We can't just like live in a self-care bubble. There's the balance of both in order to become the best version of ourselves and in order to help the most people. There's this great quote from Nikita Valerio, who is a writer and community organizer from Edmonton who specializes in dismantling cultural prejudices. This great quote, it says, shouting self-care at people who actually need community care is how we fail people. And that, I love that quote. And so true. Of course we do need, you know, we need both. We do need both. But I feel like we live in a society that just shouts self-care at everyone And we're like, okay, but also this community care, connecting with others, fills us with purpose, increases happiness. And self-care alone isn't going to solve like most mental health concerns. Even if the connection point is like a therapist or someone you're paying, a coach or someone to facilitate you holding space for you in a professional way, it's very hard to get out of whether it's just even a funk or all the way up to a mental health crisis. It's hard to get out of it on your own. If anyone's been there, they know what I'm talking about right? When we experience real distress, care has to come from beyond the individual. And especially if we have any sort of trauma or any you know stress response systems, we need the other, all right? And there's a great TED Talk, uh, Dr. Travis Heath from MSU Denver gives a great talk on how communities of care are true gateways to real healing and like he talks about it from everyone, like to you know, young adolescent boys, to new mothers, like we all have things that distress us and we all have things that make us feel alone and make us feel ashamed or just are overwhelming. And he said that community care is the ultimate act of self-care for society. And I love that. He's doing incredible work in this space. You know, go check out his TED Talk. And it all ties back to that original Maslow hierarchy of needs. It's the third level a sense of belonging and love. Like when you look at that triangle, it's physiological needs, safety needs, and then belonging and love needs. It's third up. It's like pretty fundamental beyond just like, yeah, I need like, you know, food and water. And then just like to feel safe that you know, an animal isn't going to attack me or I'm not going to get swept away in a storm. Like next up is community connection and, and a feeling of belonging. 
So how, how can we begin to do this? I'm just going to invite you. I'm going to give you a few ways just to shift your thinking about this. Just again, we don't have to solve. You might be listening to this like, oh my God, Maddie, there's so much to do. And it's true. There is. But again, we're very held. The astrology is supporting this. It's about us like tuning into the frequency of this, shifting our awareness to this and just small steps, small steps to even just being like, yeah, this is an important thing to me. It's an important thing um, in how I, you know, cultivate my relationships, how I work, if I'm a business owner, you know, factoring this in, how can I just, you know, begin to think about this concept of community care and realizing the magnitude of, of its importance and the impact on us. So, you know, the first thing is just really like considering the needs of people around you, family members, friends, coworkers, neighbors, other people, and just checking in regularly with people you care about. It's just as simple as that. Of course, like we ask each other, how are you all the time? What's going on? But we don't really wait for a response. So, you know, like really check in with people, like say that, like, hey, it's Maddie. I wanted to check in with you. How are you feeling? One thing that, you know, you could add something personal to it. Hey, I know you're working from home. I know your son said COVID and he was home. How was that for you? How are you managing? Is there any way I can support you? Oh, how good does that feel? And, you know, even just like showing someone moral support. Also a great thing is like checking in with like structured dialogue questions. My family, my friends were huge fans of like Rosebud Thorn, which is like checking in with someone and be like, tell me your Rosebud Thorn, your rose, like what's good, what's blooming, what feels amazing right now. Your like thorn, what feels sticky, what feels like painful, what feels like icky right now. And then like your bud, what's something you're coming up that you're excited for that's down the road, something that's like hasn't bloomed yet, but you know it's going to. And this is just a great way of being like, tell me all parts of you, right? Don't just tell me the good parts. Don't give me the highlight reel because that's kind of what happens. We say, how are you? Good. What's going on? What's new? Oh, you know, I just got a promotion. Okay, cool. But you know what happens as humans? We get a promotion and also our cat dies and that sucks. And like, you just don't know how to lay that on someone. So Rosebud Thorn is a great tool for that. In addition to like checking in and asking people how you can support them. Amazing. Um, another just shift of awareness, practicing empathy, empathizing with other people. You know, sometimes you know, in life, like it's just nice to find that connection of uh, where we share similar circumstances. You know, there's a lot of different parts of us of being humans. There's many different factors, socioeconomic status, our demographics, our identities change the way like we, we navigate certain things in life, but there are like universal elements to every challenge. So just having empathy with someone, it's not dwelling on the issue. It's not, not having boundaries. It's not pitying someone. It's not being an empath, taking on all of their emotions. Please don't do that. It's just understanding, feeling, meeting someone where they're at, validating someone's thoughts and feelings and not problem solving, not fixing it, but just letting them know they're seen. This is a great way to melt also like tension. If you have a coworker or someone who's frustrating and difficult in their life, just being like, hey, you know, I, I feel for you right now. You know, I, I see you. I, I, I feel for you. I feel this, this thing is tricky you're going through. And that's part of being in a community is acknowledging like difficulties just as much as we celebrate the big milestones and the achievements. And yeah, just empathy, finding that connection point and not taking it from them. Not like we're trying to like outdo them, outshine them. <laughs> well, your pain's bad. My pain was worse. But more like, I feel you. Mm -hmm. I, that sucks. Even if like you don't understand the totality of the experience, again, it just feels nice. It's that connection point, feeling seen. 
Another way to like shift to thinking about community care is really like if you know someone's going through something hard or you want to reach out and help someone, offer them something specific you can do or just do it. My aunt Steffi is the queen of this. She won't like just check in and be like, hey, if you're going through something hard, like let me know how I can help. That's a nice gesture. But first of all, that kind of puts the burden back on the other person to be like, I don't know. I don't know how to assess what I need. I don't know the solution. And I feel kind of bad asking for it. I'm overwhelmed. She'll just be like, um, you know what? I sent you uh, a lasagna to your house by delivery. I just like, you know, got your car washed for you. And I just paid for a babysitter, you know, to watch your kids for an hour so you can go out. And you're like, oh, thank you. And it doesn't have to be that elaborate. But you're asking something in particular. Can I deliver a meal to you? Can I watch your kids for a second? Can I help you with that email you're struggling? Can I send you a playlist to make you feel good? Like, this doesn't have to be something that costs money. But like, it's something about asking, like, can I help you with this in a specific way? Again, person feels seen, right? We're taking ourselves out of like cookie cutter conversation. How are you? How can I help you? Like those are just things we kind of say and we lose like the meaning behind them. Whereas when you have something specific, it's like, oh wow, like that person really, they want to make me a playlist because I had like a bad day. Like that's so cool, right? These are just ways to think of, of community care outside of, in just, in just different ways, getting a little creative with it. Another thing is just in general community care, prioritizing like rest and having fun is part of our community care because we we put so much value on our productivity and our work and we really live in a society where we glorify busyness. Oh my goodness. Alberto Vieto has a book and he talks about, sorry, it's called The Four Insights and uh, one of the chapters is about like the glorification of busy and how we like stay so busy so we don't think about ourselves like our wounds but also so we feel like needed like we ironically make ourselves so busy like having to check our emails and our phone and work because we want to feel needed isn't that like funny kind of not haha funny but like so classic human we want to belong we want to feel connected we want to feel needed so instead we make ourselves so busy and um we <laughs> are unable to balance you know, having any kind of personal life and we use and work becomes like a distraction or an escape. So <laughs> we're like finding a higher sense of self-worth through working hard and being productive. But, you know, being in a group, like not always, but it really can shift us into more of a rest mode into like, let's have fun. Let's just, you know, hang out tonight. Let's have a, you know, play a game, game night, or let's have a glass of wine together, or let's just do something that doesn't have to be productive. It's just being together is the thing that we're doing right now. And this is all we need permission to take time off. You know, it, it's easier to do that in groups. And this really can translate out and ripple out to like, it, you know, I, I hope this just affects, I hope the North Node and Taurus for the next year and a half influences workplace culture in this way. I think there's a beautiful community effect we can have on each other of like, hey, burnout isn't a badge of honor. Or, hey, like, if you can get your job done in 20, 30 hours a week, like, cool, go enjoy your life. Like, you don't need to. I remember, like, back in the day, my co-friends were all young in our 20s working in the city, and we didn't have Slack then. We would use Gchat, and um, my friends would just be Gchatting each other, like, stupid shit at, like, 8 p.m., just because they were killing time, because they didn't want to go home. 
they just wanted to seem like they were, you know, busy and hardworking in their, uh, you know, whatever corporate jobs. And it's like, oh, like that's another thing in community cares. We can just be like, hey, we deserve to rest, hang out with each other, have fun. And also like, let's all just like take that pressure off of each other, like taking a cue from that, right? That feels good. And then, you know, another tip is just like being present, socializing for real. Again, so much going on in the world, we can just forget to relax or we have become really focused kind of on our phones and this sort of like parasocial, like digital realm that we can forget like how to connect with people. Part, you know, one of the tips I'm going to say of like curating community and focusing on community care is just like being present with people and like allowing yourself to be awkward sometimes. I think I'm a naturally kind of awkward person. I embrace it. But oh my God, COVID and quarantine and having more time in isolation has made me peak, like painful awkward. Like sometimes I'm like, ah, human, humaning's hard. But we just got to power through and laugh it off. And just, just allowing ourselves to be with people and, you know, having conversations and, you know, having like having a great meal, watching a great movie, doing, I don't know, making, practicing a dance together, playing cards, you know, all this stuff. It just helps us to have like, you know, something that we can do that's just like, you know, sharing our common humanity, having, building a good memory and just something that gets those good, like yummy dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphin, like yummy biochemicals going. It's important. It's a priority. Okay. And then, you know, the last two things that I'm going to talk about, one thing is like last tip for how to think about this. And the last thing is an invitation for you of how you can really begin to activate like your highest potential of like-minded community and step into community care. So the last thing I want to say is we can't talk about community care without just talking the importance of not only holding space for other people, but also like intervening, standing up, say something, stepping up when you, you know, just when you witness harassment or discrimination, especially like if you have it, use your privilege to stand up for people who don't. Or if you see like racist behavior out in public, like, and it's safe, call it out. Ask them to apologize. If someone cracks a homophobic joke, just be like, why is that that funny? Right? Like, especially microaggressions, like, it's like leads to such gaslighting. And there's something about just having someone else call it out or like checking in with the person who was wronged, see how they're feeling, if they need further support. Obviously, don't do anything that's putting yourself in danger. But, you know, the burden can't always be on the people who are being oppressed or violated. That's not how we're going to shift out of this, okay? We have to ease the burden for other people. We need to let them know they're not alone, that they don't have to do this alone. We get to speak up for them. That's a really big, really, really big, important part of community care. And the last thing that I really want to talk about is like, how, how do I begin to cultivate this? Maybe you're seeing like, I want to do all this stuff, Maddie. I just don't even have a, a great group to start with. You know, setting the intention to have more community is beautiful, but the really key to it, learning from my mistakes and bringing it all back to Aquarius is you, know, you have to be and embrace your most authentic self to find authentic community. And that is very much what that conjunction was about that started this 20 year and larger, you know, two, 300 year cycle. It's like, we're all being asked to really 
lean into our authenticity, who we are, you know, what our values are, what are our eccentricities, our quirks, what are the things about us that we used to feel like we had to like put into a mold or, you know, cover up or conceal or diminish. It's like no more of that, no more diluting, no more dimming. Be yourself, like fully own it, fully own your weirdness, fully own when someone does something that makes you uncomfortable. Because like faking it, yeah, faking to make it good. We talk about like confidence or manifestation, but we don't want to fake friendship. We don't want to fake community. And I also just want to point out that quality over quantity. When I say community and I say friend groups, I don't want you thinking you need to have like a 20 person or 50 person crew to feel like you're doing community care. In fact, kind of quite the opposite. I just talked about with a client today, one of my favorite quotes from Tupac. And he said, in all of his Gemini wisdom, the realest people don't always have a lot, a lot of friends, like me, a big crew of friends. And he says, because they you know, don't tolerate phony shit. There's a lot of phony people out there who do anything for attention and money. And that's why real people keep their circles small. And I just want to say that quality over quantity. Don't measure you know, the size of your community as like the measure of success for it. It's the quality of the people who are real, who are authentic. They're not perfect. You can mess up together. You have misunderstandings, but you're showing up, right? And you have your values are aligned, common purpose, shared ideologies. These are things that, yeah, like form that, that, that good, that community care in terms of that, in terms of, of the people like in your social network and reaching out to them. But, you know, community care goes out so much further than that. Obviously it can be extended to strangers. You don't know their names. Community care extends out to our larger collective of people you'll never meet. But again, we're all connected. We are all one. And when one of us hurts, we all hurt. And when one of us is healed and happy and joyful, we're all healed and happy and joyful. What a concept. So together we go farther together we rise. So I hope that this gave you something to think about. This was a longer solo episode. Usually my solos are like 30 minutes, but I I got a lot to say on this. I told you I really am very passionate about community care. We're big community care fans here at Cosmic Rx. So let me know what you thought of this episode. You can tag us and post at the Cosmic Rx. You can come find me at I am Maddie Murphy. If you like this episode, if you want to share it with someone in your community, please do that. We love it. Anyway, just hoping that this episode served you and helped connect you to your highest and purest self. And I will see you next time. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.